Welcome to Miked Up Sports, the show that gives people in sports an unfiltered platform to share their stories. If you want to help us tell more stories, check us out at patreon.com slash television, paypal.me slash television, or on Cash App at TSB Television. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another live edition of Miked Up Sports, the show that goes in depth with the people who build our sports community. Joining us is a distinguished guest, a former Miss Basketball Minnesota winner back in 2017, a former state tournament champion making an undefeated run with Elk River. And she just recently completed her first appearance in school history at Bradley, qualifying for the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament, Gabby Hawk. Gabby, thanks for joining us. And usually I start at the beginning when I highlight an athlete's career, but if you don't mind, you got to play in your first ever NCAA tournament, winning the Missouri Valley Conference title. And on top of that, you won the Missouri Valley Conference Scholar Athlete of the Year. So this senior year has treated you very well. Gabby, what do you make of this experience having to navigate a pandemic, but also getting a chance to make history? Yeah, no, I've told people it's been the most physically and mentally tough season I've ever been a part of with all the Kobe protocols, not being able to see our family, not being able to do the normal stuff that we're able to do. But going into this season, our whole team, we bought in. We um, put the thought of NBC champs in the air. We talked about it. We worked hard for it. And, you know, COVID was hard. We had to stay in our bubble. And a lot of people weren't able to do the things that they normally got to do. So we really focused on staying in our bubble, following the protocols, and just coming to practice every day, not taking anything for granted. And our coach would put it, we beat COVID. We got through it. We didn't miss any games because of COVID. Um, a lot of teams didn't even get to play 20 games. We played, I believe, almost 28 games, I think. And that's a lot of games to play during this pandemic. So we just went in, worked hard had our um, mindset on the NBC championship. And then to finally achieve that goal just felt amazing with everything we've been through. And then to go to the NCAA tournament on top of that, just a dream, a dream come true for me, for real. Absolutely. And all season long, I've taken the approach that every team will assess risk differently. As you noted, some teams canceled their seasons. Duke and Virginia come to mind. Some had to miss games. Ironically, UConn-Baylor, the regular season game that was scheduled was canceled, and we got quite the thriller last night in the women's tournament. Mm -hmm. And I certainly don't celebrate when teams had positive test cases. I took a more cautious approach, but I have more risk factors. That being said, I don't think there is a wrong answer as far as how you best approach this. You know, you did what you had to, as you noted, followed the COVID protocols. Thankfully, nothing happened to your team, and I'm certainly grateful for that. Hopefully, if you come back next year, uh, we'll see what happens, because you told me this, and thanks for the reminder, Gabby, before we started this, that everyone got a COVID waiver, so some athletes can elect to return and not use up a year of eligibility. That's going to be another interesting uh, facet. So Gabby, I guess you're going to make history in that sense too, if you decide to return. Yeah, no, it's a really cool thing. We found this out, I think November-ish. We found out we could have an extra year of basketball. And I was like, that's, awesome. that's really awesome. Because, you know, we came in to the season, not even knowing if we were going to get to play games or anything. So it just kind of gave us all a sense of relief. 
and just knowing that we could use another year if we wanted to. Well, we'll see what happens with that. And I'm sure whatever decision you make, we will find out in due time. If you don't mind, Gabby, another storyline that emerged from the women's tournament were the resources or lack thereof. You probably saw the post that Sedona Prince shared on social media that quickly turned viral and turned into a national headline. Major outlets, even The Daily Show, all mm -hmm. referenced the differences in amenities and resources, whether it was food, weight room equipment. We saw a quick response from companies like Orange Theory and Dix when they saw, hey, this doesn't seem right, let's fix it. Gabby, being a participant in the tournament yourself, what were the resources? What equipment did you have to work with? And what did you make of the response when Sedona and others said, hey, you know, <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah, so the picture of the dumbbells going viral, I know there are dumbbells up to 30. That's the main picture that was going around. So that was our only access to weights. Um, so we didn't have a weight room. We didn't have a weight room time slot to go lift. So that was made apparent right away. I know, I remember our strength coach looking at it, like our, a bunch of our coaches looking at it, even the players, we were like, oh, like we got dumbbells, nice. Like, and then we looked at the men's and we were like, they have a whole weight room. So I think anyone looking at that can know that that's not okay. Women lift, we all lift, we're all division one athletes. We lift three, two to four times a week, depending on the time of the season. And it's a big part of our game. Like it's made me so much stronger, such a better basketball player. So I think, it, I don't know how that got approved to just have that, but it was really awesome to see women speak out about it and to have overnight a weight room as we're walking up to breakfast, going up the escalator, we all turn and we see two different weight rooms set up. And we were like, wow, that really happened, you know, almost overnight. So um, really thankful to all the companies that brought in the equipment and the NCAA for realizing that, you know, they made a mistake and changing that around. And then we did end up getting to lift and had time slots where we could go and lift. So it was kind of shocking at first to see like, how different it was, but I was really thankful that they were able to turn it around and get us a weight room. And we should point out somewhat amusingly that we're doing this podcast with Gabby in the gym, just finishing a lift, if I'm, if I'm correct, right? Yes, yes, <laughs> yep. But you're right. I certainly would not dispute the strength or the investment that women like yourself make to compete in athletics. The part of me was going, you have to understand that everyone, just about everyone has a phone and social media accounts, some are more active than others, but if you don't treat your athletes respect respectfully, word's going to get out quick. <laughs> I think you and everyone else have realized that if you feel you're getting the short end of the stick, you don't have to take it sitting down like, hey, you can speak up make yourself heard. I will say this, I have a feeling Orange Theory and Dick Sporting Goods uh, will get some new business or will have some newfound fans after they stepped in and helped you out. And I'm thankful that you were able to get that situation rectified so that you could do a proper weight and training session. Mm -hmm. And I would like to think that next year, whether it's at one site or back to regional sites, that won't be a problem. I'm sure they will not make that mistake again. <laughs> <laughs> so Gabby, you've had a story career 
And with these oral history podcasts that I do, as I mentioned, I usually like to start at the beginning. So for you, what was the first moment or memory that got you hooked on the sport of basketball? Impossible. Well, I started playing basketball in kindergarten. My dad was my coach. I played for my in-house Elk River basketball team. And I loved it from the start kindergarten. I, I loved it. I loved having my dad as my coach and I just kept on playing. It was always my favorite sport. I played softball, volleyball. I did track in high school, but you know, basketball was always my favorite. And I think just the relationship I was able to build with my dad and how much he invested in me and how was able, was able to help me throughout my career just really helped me realize like basketball is what I want to do. But I don't know how to describe it, but I just, you know, I just started playing and I could not stop. And I just knew this is my, this is my favorite sport. And what did you enjoy most about basketball that helped it stand out compared to the other sports? I think it's definitely how physical, um, competitive, and like, I like to have contact. Like I like physical contact sports um, and volleyball. I love volleyball, really fun sports play, but it was kind of missing that, you know, physical um, like contact of basketball. And I just like how fast paced basketball was. And I like how, there's always something to work on with basketball and just, yeah, I, I don't know. I just love the pace of basketball. And on top of that, since you thrive on contact, they don't allow checking in girls hockey. So you could only get so much contact there or work your way through it. Basketball. Now, obviously you can't go hacking people, but yeah. with basketball, there's a challenge. And as you noted, it's encouraged to go up and pressure the other team and get in their face and all of that. So mm -hmm. I can understand that reasoning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I almost tried hockey. My, they almost, I did figure skating and learned how to skate and all that, but I just, you know, I always loved basketball and I wasn't willing to stop basketball to try hockey, but it was a thought. And I am from Minnesota, so, you know, state of hockey, but never tried it. State of hockey, indeed, although I'm more of a basketball fan than hockey fan. I do enjoy <laughs> hockey, though, uh, but <laughs> it's like, hey, there's room for both, as we've seen over the last few years. Look what Paige Beckers is doing. Oh, she's done amazing. <laughs> it's insane. Makes it more impressive that you got to win against her all those years ago. No, that's one thing <laughs> like, I, did. Like, I played against her in high school. <laughs> you know, I can see it now. It's like that Sports Illustrated story years ago on the one high school athlete who struck out Joe Bauer. I could see it now. Riders will be looking for who are the people that beat Paige Beckers. <laughs> I do wonder, Gabby, though, since you do enjoy contact so much, have you ever thought about trying out for football? I. If there ever were to be a women's football league, I think I definitely would have tried out for it. But other than that, no, <laughs> I don't think I would do that. Well, they don't have one in high school, of course, but there is a women's pro team, semi-pro team that plays in Minnesota, the Women's Football Alliance, and there are several teams throughout the country. So if you still have that itch, Gabby, to continue making contact, that could be an avenue for you. <laughs> who are the idols in the sport of basketball for you as you grew up as you embraced the sport and said this is what I want to do as I get older who are the athletes the people you looked up to well I think my number one was my dad just um, he played basketball he was a really good athlete in high school so I think he taught me you know off the court traits that I can apply on the court and 
you know, he just helped me develop my love for basketball and everything like that. And he was such a hard worker. He was a really good coach. I know if you ask a lot of people who've had him, they'd say the same thing. And when I was in um, middle school, you know, I always looked up to the Elk River girls varsity teams. Um, I remember um, Katie Hansen was one of my favorites when I was in middle school. When she was on the varsity, I really looked up to her. She played softball too. And then outside of, I guess, like high school and I would look at, I really like Steph Curry as an athlete. I love his shot and everything. I just think he's an amazing athlete and shooter. But I would say, yeah, my dad and like the people close to me really, you know, helping him, all the coaches I've had throughout my um, athletic experience. Sure. As soon as you said Steph Curry, I came to the conclusion in my head that it makes perfect sense that you are the all-time leader in three-point field goals at Bradley because if Steph Curry is one of your idols, <laughs> what does he do? What is his reputation? Making threes. Yeah. It all makes sense now. <laughs> you mentioned looking up to the, uh, the Elk River High School teams when you were a younger player. And then, of course, you got to join the Elks yourself at the high school level. Do you remember the first varsity game you participated in? What were your emotions and just what it was like to reach that point? So I was a freshman when I made varsity and I was their starting point guard. I don't remember exactly the feelings I had, but I'm pretty sure I was probably really nervous. Um, but, you know, my team accepted me and I had a big role in the team. I was the point guard, so you know I had to fill that role even as a freshman, but I had respect from the upperclassmen. And yeah, I can't remember. That seems like so long ago, but I just do remember I probably was nervous to start, but then you know, once I got into the game, I was probably I probably got really comfortable with it. But I did have the I was the starting freshman point guard from then on up. Quite the jump. I'm not sure where you were before your freshman year but I think it says something about the talent you developed and the effort you put in to get there. How surprised were you to find out that you were going to be the starting point guard? I imagine the elder players at Elk River, they were familiar with you, but here you are from the very first game on varsity, you were the starting point guard for the Elk River team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just remember um, I was, I went, I played on the, when I was in eighth grade, I played on the freshman team. They were they allowed us eighth graders to make our trap for the freshman team. And I, as an eighth grader, I also was playing travel. So I was on two different teams at one time. So I had a lot of experience with basketball and then getting to play on that freshman team, I kind of got a, a taste of what high school basketball is like. And I was able to watch the varsity team play. But going in as a freshman, I knew I'm like, you know what, I, my goal is to make varsity. I want to be able to help the team out. I want to be a big role on the team. So I just made sure to go to tryouts, try my hardest, and then put in time outside of basketball to get there. But yeah, I was a really good feeling to be able to make varsity as a freshman. And no matter how nervous you felt going in for the first time, you weren't doing this by yourself and not just because basketball is a team sport, but in the class ahead of you, one of your high school teammates for three years, Abby Shine. Whatever happened to her anyway? <laughs> Abby, she had a really good career at Northwestern. But yeah, I, I talk to her every day. We're best friends. 
I tease a little bit, but you're right, Abby, a tremendous high school career, and then parlayed that into a great career at Northwestern. So you got to work with her for three years, and you two got to hook up together, even though you didn't make it to state together, if I'm correct. Mm -hmm. uh, you were able to form that relationship and develop that leadership, that tandem that I think helped you the following year in your senior year. Uh, but what would you make of that friendship, how it started, how it built through high school, and how it has lasted, even though the two of you went to separate Division One schools. Yeah, so we started to become friends my freshman year and her sophomore year. We tried out for volleyball. I think that was her first year of volleyball because she had played soccer before. And Sydney Wetland, too. We're like the three best friends ever. <laughs> but we all met in volleyball. Me and Sydney were friends, but then we met Abby in volleyball. And, you know, it was kind of like an immediate friendship, especially with basketball, too. Like we were going to be playing basketball together. And but we did meet through volleyball and I didn't meet her until my freshman year of high school. But yeah, and our friendship grew throughout high school. And then even today, like we still we still talk. And she was actually on the Loyola staff she was kind of doing an internship with them so I got to see her she came to Bradley when we played Loyola this year I got to see her at the conference tournament it was really good to actually be able to see her um and it was it was a little weird because she was on the Loyola staff but you know I'm really proud of her and it's a really good experience for her to be on that staff and it was just extra fun to be able to play them but yeah we're really close and sports really did bring us together and you know the bond we created on the volleyball court on the basketball court you know it just kind of lasted how surreal was it to go against her? I know you didn't go against her as players, but you see her on the opposing team's bench. I don't know if she tried to weasel any secrets out of you, but <laughs> that, that has to be kind of a cool and weird feeling at the same time that, hey, here's my best friend, but I have to try to beat her team now. Yeah, yeah she, um, it was weird. It was weird, but it was cool. I was like, I like that she's here because she never got to, I never got to watch her play college basketball. I wish I, like in person, and she never got to see me play basketball in person. So this was kind of her first time getting to watch me play in person. And, you know, before the game, we would walk up to each other, we'd talk for a little bit, give a little hug. I know it was harder with COVID protocols and everything, but we would keep our distance. But I did, we did get to talk before the game. And then, you know, we FaceTimed and all that, but when she was in town, but no, it was really cool. And then we would talk after the game, but it's just, it's, it was different to see her not in a basketball uniform because, you know, it's always been like her playing basketball, but now she's on the other side of, you know, athletics with the coaching and the administrative side. And she said it's completely different than being a player. So it's kind of cool that she's now on that side of everything and seeing it from that point of view. Well, regarding the fact that neither of you could watch the other play in college, the two of you had a good excuse uh, because uh, the, you, you both had <laughs> games to prep for. Even though the two of you didn't make it to state together, what do you think was crucial that helped you as you prep for that senior year where you were able to win it all, go on that undefeated run? How crucial was that development, that friendship with Abby, and how did it manifest even though you weren't teammates by the time you were a senior yeah so I mean it was it was really hard um not going to stay especially Abby's senior year we had won the section or not won we lost the section final 
my freshman year, sophomore year, junior year. And those were all devastating losses just because, you know, you work so hard for it and everyone wants to go to state. And it was hard. It was really hard not to go and then to see like the season end like that. But I definitely used all th those losses as motivation for my senior year because, you know, it is one of the worst feelings, losing and then your season being over immediately after and seeing the other teams celebrate, getting the blue medals, you're getting the red medals. And I'd had plenty of experience with that. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> it's my senior year. Like my goal is to go to state. And I definitely used all that motivation, definitely used a lot of the um, experiences and skills that I've learned from Abby. And Abby pushed me in practice all the time. She's an amazing leader. And I just used those experiences, especially the last experiences as motivation for my senior year. Well, let's get to that senior year, or at least set the scene a little bit. Elk River, they've had some strong programs and they actually got back to the state tournament in class mm -hmm. 40 this year after some rebuilding as your head coach put it to read to Giovanni, your old head coach, I should mm -hmm. say, but you know, you had a, you had a sister who could ball too, and they had some good pieces. So this wasn't like your team was a flash in the pan, but they don't have the history. They don't have the pedigree compared to Hopkins or De La Salle. Maybe they're not a school you would think of right away as the blue bloods in Minnesota prep basketball, but every team that got there had to start somewhere. So how frustrating was it those first three years you get to the section final and you would just come up short, whether it was Maple Grove or St. Michael Albertville, there are some really good teams out in that section in section eight covering mm -hmm. the Northwest suburban and don't forget Moorhead when Sam Hybe was there. How frustrating was it to come oh so close? And then what did you sense was different as you entered your senior year that told you this might be the year we finally break through? Yeah, I would put it as like, it's one of the worst feelings. Um, those are probably my toughest losses I've ever had as an athlete, just to know you're this close, but still far away from it. And you can't like, once you, once you lose, like you're done, you don't have any other games to play and you just have to focus on, you know, next season. And I just took those feelings like, really to heart. And I was like, you know what? I can't lose another section final. Like, I want to go to state, you know, I want to be the first ever team to go to state. And I just went in with that mindset. And we had a great group of seniors my senior year. We all had a lot of experience. We've been playing together since fourth grade travel ball, the majority of that was kind of our core group. Sydney joined us a little later, but like that core group, Ava, Danielle, um, I guess it was me, Ava and Danielle and Haley, we had all been playing together since around fourth grade travel. And then Kelsey Cox and Sydney Wetland, they joined later just from different cities. But that core group of seniors, like we had been playing together for so long. And um, we've had a lot of success together. We won a lot of tournaments when we were younger and we were just all on the same page and we were all, you know, willing to do what it took to, you know, get to state. And I would just say the leadership on that team was amazing. The hard work on that team. And, you know, the younger girls saw that and they, they bought in and they knew, you know, I don't want to disappoint Gabby or I don't want to disappoint Sydney. So I'm going to come in and work my butt off in practice and help make them better. And they'll help me make me better. And I just, we just, you know, we really focused on that. And then another thing that motivated me also probably other people on the team was going into the season, we were winning and we still weren't ranked in the top 10. No one really looked at us as competition or anything. They're like, oh, it's just Elk River. And 
there was other teams that had gotten, you know, ranked and we, um, I think we might have beaten a team and we still didn't make it in the top 10. So I think I use that as motivation too. I'm like, you know what, like, we'll show you guys that we're a good team and we deserve to be in that top 10 ranking. So I just think I looked at some of that stuff and just took that to heart and used that as motivation. And I'm not in charge of ranking, so I don't know what the ranking committees were thinking, but that senior year, as we said, you not only did you make it to the state tournament for the first time ever, you got to complete an undefeated run, which I think at that point, Lakeville North had done so, St. Paul Central had done so, but not a lot of teams can pull that off. Hopkins eventually would do the same, but you're part of an exclusive club and I'm wondering how in the world were you not ranked because you know, in order to go undefeated that meant you swept through the northwest suburban and every year I mentioned Maple Grove earlier Park Center had some strong teams at that time still do Centennial there are no pushover <laughs> you beat Ordo who was a 3A power at the time so I can't tell you what went into the rankings, Gabby, but <laughs> I think it was back. more preseason rankings. Oh, okay, okay. It came out like towards the beginning. I saw I was like, oh, okay. I use that. I don't know how the rankings ended up turning in the middle of the season, but I know like preseason rankings, we weren't in the top ten. Even and then we had a couple games still weren't didn't make it. But I don't know how they changed throughout this season. I didn't really pay attention that much after, but I just know going into the season, I was like, oh, okay. They don't even have us in the top 10. So no one's thinking of us. No one thinks Elk River is going to be, you know, team to be. So I just use that as motivation. Well, I certainly did. <laughs> you learn real fast too, that rankings are just numbers. Sure. And for someone like me, it does help. It kind of gives you a sense of, okay, who are the teams to watch? But every year at the high school especially at the college level you know this gabby from experience i imagine when you play throw the rankings out the window because with single elimination games or single meetings you know how this works now you go on a hot streak and then crazy things can happen we see that in the tournament mm -hmm. <laughs> i think one reason why so many people were happy to have a tournament despite concerns about the coronavirus was just how unpredictable it is. Mm -hmm. Whether it was Arizona making the final four for the first time ever as they did last night, or seeing some of those lower seeded teams break through. And it used to be really chalky, the women's tournament. Now you there's this sense of unpredictability that you truly don't know what will happen with some of these matchups. So I think you, kept your priorities straight as far as rankings and the mission. But how surprised were you to rack up these wins? Elk River, the year before you did well, so it, this wasn't unprecedented, but here you are racking up all these wins. Some cases you had to sweat it out. I think every team that wins it all gets at least one challenge. You were no different, but what were you thinking? What were you making of this run where you just kept overcoming obstacle after obstacle and kept tallying that win column. Yeah, so I think we just really trusted each other and we focused on the game we were about to play and that's it. We weren't looking at who we had on the future um, schedule. We were just looking at that game and we all trusted each other. Um, I know my teammates put a lot of trust in me and we did a really good job of sharing the ball. And I think I can remember, I think we might've went to overtime with 
it was a, at a home game. It was we either went to overtime with St. Michael or Centennial, if I believe right. And that was that was a little scary, but you know we ended up getting the win out of it. But we did have some close games, and there is great competition in the Northwest Suburban Conference and our section. So we did have a lot of really good games. But we just I think the main thing for us was just being in the moment, trusting each other. And as you said earlier, it was harrowing, humbling, all of that to come oh so close in your earlier years and come up short in the section final. Elk River had never made it to state. You finally get past the hump in section eight, uh, beating Moorhead and Sam Hybe, who again, a standout player herself, doing big things for Nebraska now. But in order to win state, you have to win your section, which you did. So Elk River finally got the opportunity to showcase themselves in the state tournament. What do you remember from that? And how do you think it helped give you the confidence to take on the state tournament run? Well, I remember I fouled out within the last couple minutes of the section final game. And we had a pretty decent lead, if I remember. And I remember being on the bench and at no point was I like, we're gonna lose this. I knew. I knew that my teammates were going to pull it out and we were going to get that win. And then when the buzzer finally hit, I ran off the bench, you know, embraced my team on the court and everything. And it was just such a great feeling, you know, to know that like we were actually finally going to make that trip to state. It felt so surreal in the moment and to have all the support that we had, you know, when we had fans, it's, it's been weird without fans now, but you know, my senior high school, we had a lot of support from the community of Elk River and just to be able to, you know, embrace with my team and then also you know interact with the crowd after just an amazing feeling and it was so nice to finally be on the other side where you're getting the blue medal you're getting the trophy everyone's happy and as opposed to the side where you know we're kind of all hugging crying you know you know but amazing feeling and it's hard to describe it I know people will say well how does it feel but like it's really hard to you know put those feelings into words I would say well, you brought up a point I wanted to make on the spotlight it put on Elk River girls basketball and in the state of Minnesota in general, of course, we talk about Hopkins a lot or De La Salle, Minnehaha Academy in class 2A among the Blue Bloods, but they're all in the Twin Cities Metro. Holy Angels comes to mind as well. Uh, some on the more outlying suburbs and you realize real quick just how talented the state is, but you know, you're in the central part of the state or close to it, I would like to thank yourself and St. Michael Albertville and some of the schools up there, Becker comes to mind too. So you're not out in the boondocks, if you know what I'm talking about. But again, this is a school not many folks would think of firsthand when you talk about girls basketball in Minnesota. So how cool was it to make it to state and get that opportunity to highlight just how widespread this basketball talent in Minnesota is. Yeah, so it is, it's always an amazing feeling to be a part of the first team to do something. And this was the first team to ever win the section final, first team to ever go to state. So that definitely gave us, gave Elk River a spotlight, like you were saying, and it kind of put us on the map. People are like, Elk River, like I've never really thought about Elk River until then. So I think after being the first, then you kind of get the attention of other people. And then in the future, they'll think, they'll think of you in the future. So 
just being able to be a part of that team to do the first and kind of pave the way for future teams of Elk River because now they know we can go to state like they're the team in 2017 like they did that so just knowing that someone um, from Elk River like in the past has done it like just helps them to know like we can do it too and I hope they look at us and I hope the team now you know looks at us at our season and is like you know what like we can do that too. Well, look what happened. Elk River got back to state. So yep. starting to change history a little bit. Mm -hmm. In your state tournament run, you had to sweat it out. And I think by that point, you understand that no game will come easy, or at least you understand the scenario that you may have to sweat it out to that final minute, that final possession. Sure, a 20-point win is nice, but you know when you get to that level, there are no guarantees. Anything can happen. And that included a white-knuckle victory over Lakeville North, the team you played to start the season. And then you had to go against Hopkins, a younger Page Beckers, but again, Hopkins, they are the pinnacle of girls basketball in Minnesota, the team everyone wants to beat. Page Beckers was on, the, on that team, Jalei Lichikolis, Raina Suggs, all of them tremendous athletes, all of them have gone on to make some names for themselves, particularly Page. We'll get to that in a little more in a moment, but that state tournament run. None of those games were easy. You had to sweat it out all the way to the end. What do you remember from those three games? I think we just, I know I, we played White Bear like the first game, I believe. And that was a tough game too. You know, I, but I think the main thing was just focusing on the game we were on, not thinking about the future. <clears throat> but I know the Lakeville North game, that one was, that one was a really close one. And it came down to, you know, the last literally the last play of the game, um, <laughs> crazy ending. And, you know, we got, we got the call at the end that helped us, you know, but um, just then after winning that game, knowing we're really going to the championship <laughs> and going into the game, you know, everyone was like, oh, Hopkins, they're undefeated too. You know, we were kind of the underdogs going into the state championship because, you know, Hopkins, you know, they're, you know, and, we were just, we were Elk River and we'd never been there before. So no one was really expecting us to, you know, even win, but just having that underdog feeling, I've had that feeling a lot in my athletic career and I know how it feels. I'm like, I know what the underdog feeling is. So I just, you know, we kind of embraced that, but we just went into the game, played as hard as we could. Uh, we shot an insane percentage from the threes and you know, Kelsey Cox played some really good defense on Paige Beckers. Paige Beckers, even as a freshman, amazing player. Like, no words to describe it. And, you know, everything kind of just went our way in that game. And it came down, yeah, to the last couple of plays. And it's just, it's, I still think about that game. And that's probably one of my favorite memories ever is winning that championship. But I think, yeah, it was just the trust we had in each other and, you know, just knowing that this, and since um, our main players were all seniors, I think my sister said she got one minute in the game, but otherwise it was me, Danielle, Ava, Kelsey, Sydney for the whole game, basically. And we were all seniors. This was our last chance to put on Elk River jersey, last chance to play basketball together because we were all going to go our separate ways after. And, you know, we just had to make the most of it. And I just think the adrenaline from that just helped us play better. 
And if anyone watching is wondering, well, how can you get away with that in the state tournament when you get to those championship rounds, you have the TV timeouts with KSTC. So all the players get a breather every few minutes that you don't normally get in a high school game. And so that allows you to keep the starters in a little longer. And even though your younger sister only got one minute, as you alluded to, the important thing was you won the whole darn thing. <laughs> and so, you know, again, I think any championship is impressive. And Scott Van Pelt has always said on his show, it's hard to win one title. So some might give you a flack. Oh, you only won once or something like that. Obviously at the high school level, it's a little different, but I always remember that winning a championship, no matter how it comes, is difficult to do and should never be looked down upon. Mm -hmm. So in that final, what do you remember? You talked about the defense you put on Paige Beckers, and I think it's going to be kind of cool that if Paige goes pro, as I think she will, <laughs> yourself and other teams. And it's just a reminder that no one's invincible because you are one of three teams to knock them off in the final. But in your case, what do you recall from it? How were you able to meet the challenges Hopkins dealt you? And how crazy and exciting was it when you realized? Not only were you going to win the state tournament, you were going to do so undefeated. So you took this Elk River team that had no state tournament history at all. And now you help put them in a very short list of elite teams in high school girls basketball. Mm -hmm. Well, I think one thing that we focused on was just taking it to them. We couldn't be scared. We couldn't go into the game and be like, this is Hopkins. Like, We had to go in, like play Elk River basketball, take it to them you know, be physical with them, go for every loose ball. And I know one of the turnarounds, I think that was a really big momentum changer for us was when I got my hair pulled and I could have reacted in a different way, but I just, you know, went and shot my free throws. And I think that was a momentum changer for us because we got the ball back, we got free throws and, you know, maybe she was trying to look to get me frustrated or anything, but I didn't let that get to me. I didn't even, I don't know. I just kind of, I didn't even really, I just kind of ignored it because I was like, you know, there's really no good that can come out of any reaction I would have from that. So I think that was one of the big momentum changers for us is just because we get the ball back, we got free throws, you know, they're getting a little frustrated. So I just think, yeah, like keeping our heads up, staying positive, focusing on the game, focusing on plays and not all the little stuff that could happen in the game. Gabby, you're going to hate me for saying this, but as soon as you talked about that hair story, I'm going, and you, well, look what happened. You won it by a hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good one. And with that, I'll show myself out. <laughs> <laughs> so you go to the pop and circumstance. I know you were a celebrity of sorts at Elk River when I came up there to chat with you. And I'm not a part of this committee, but I do think that winning the state championship perhaps helped your candidacy so a few weeks later after you win the state title you find out you are announced as the Miss Basketball Minnesota winner which is a prestigious honor mm -hmm. whoever wins that award so you know you go from this kid who was starting at point guard from your very first game on varsity but the school that had no history you win a state title, you go undefeated, you get Miss Basketball. What do you remember from that announcement and how excited were you to get that honor? I was very honored just because the list of women who've been on there, 
I'm just like, wow, <laughs> like I'm on that list now too. And I was just really thankful and, you know, really appreciative of everyone who's, you know, put trust in me, who's helped me get to where I am today. But I was really honored to get that award. You know, there are a lot of really good candidates up for it too. And just to hear my name called for it, I was just, I was kind of shocked. I was like, wow, like it's really been, you know, truly the best senior year I could have ever asked for. There really couldn't have been any other way, better way to um, end my basketball career at Elk River. But that, I was really thankful for that. That is a pretty impressive list that Paige Becker's also got on. So the two of you have that in common as well. Yeah. But yeah, you get to be a trivia question for all eternity. <laughs> <laughs> I did watch some of your earlier interviews in preparation for this podcast. And another benefit, perhaps, of that state championship that you won and Miss Basketball, you said up until that point, you weren't getting a lot of offers at the college circuit. Most of them were D2. Bradley decided to take a chance on you and give you that D1 offer, which you accepted and I would say has turned out pretty well for you. But <laughs> what was recruiting like for you? And maybe what changed after you won that title? Because again, it's pretty late in the game, but you committed to Bradley and you finally found a D1 school that said, hey, we'd love to have you. So what do you make from that experience and how do you think that helped you grow? So I got a lot of D2 offers um, after my AU season and I knew it was my goal to always play Division One basketball. Well, I was really honored to get these Division Two offers. I just knew deep down, I was like, you know what? I really wanna play Division One basketball. Like that is my goal. And I got a call, I talked to one other D1 school, um, but then I got a call from Bradley and they offered me a full ride. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come take a visit. And I took my visit and I love the coaches. They're very welcoming. I love the facility, you know, the team was really cool. And when I was talking to my parents, I was like, this is like a no brainer, you know, it's <laughs> division one, that's my goal. And you know, everything else that came with it, academics, facilities and just their vision for the program. Um, Bradley didn't have the best record going in. They had a new coaching staff come in and they were looking to really change the culture at Bradley and you know get the, um, get the program back on track to a winning school. And, and I was like, okay, like I could want to be a part of that. Um, I've been on teams like that. Um, and I just really like appreciated what she was wanted to do for the school. And she was a Bradley alum. So she played for, or Coach Gorski played for Bradley. I'm not sure when, but she did. And she's a Hall of Famer. So I was like, okay, she, like, she knows what she's doing. And, you know, I came in here and we walked in the gym and one of the assistants, Coach Hammy, she's not with us anymore at this school, but she said like, what's missing in the gym? And I was just kind of like looking around. And she was like, a banner, like, we don't have any banners here. Like, we don't have, the gym is, the gym is bare. If you've ever seen the Bradley gym, we have one banner right now and it's a volleyball banner. And, but at the time there was nothing in there. And she was like, you know what? Like, we want to, we want to be banner hangers like here. And by the time like you're done at Bradley, like you need to hang like a banner. And I was like, okay, like just, you know, thinking about all this stuff. And then on my way home, I was like, I think I'm gonna, like, I think I should go there. And I talked to my parents about it and then I ended up committing a couple of days later. But yeah, like it was a good fit for me and I had a role on the team to help change the culture and everything. But I committed 
before my senior year started to Bradley. I do remember that now. In fact, I sense some similarities with what you did for Elk River and what you've done for Bradley. You've got a banner now. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but you've got some other Minnesota players following you to Bradley. So Gabby, I think you have this reputation for starting <laughs> new <laughs> reputations at these schools, whether it was Elk River and now Bradley. Okay, they maybe aren't Missouri State yet as far as MVC supremacy, but they're in a much better position than they were when you got there. And that's what counts. And part of that history you've made, as we said earlier in this podcast, you set the all-time school record for three-point field goals and you're close to 300. So if you come back for another year, you'd have a good chance of becoming the first woman to hit 300 triples. I'm curious, Gabby, what makes an effective three-point shooter? I would say just repetition and practice. That's the biggest thing for me. If you ask my coaches, they'll probably say, Gabby, you know, always gets in extra shots. She's always working on her shot. And I think that really is um, one of the most important things is repetition and practice. Like you're not going to become a better shooter if you don't practice the shots you're going to take. And I really work on um, trying to get whenever I shoot on the gun, I turn the tempo down to like two seconds or something like that. So the the balls are coming out really fast so I can get the shot off really fast because um, as a senior in the Valley, as I got older in the Valley, they're like, she's a shooter. So I had to find ways to, you know, become an even better shooter. I I couldn't just catch the ball and shoot. I was going to have to find ways to come off screens, get open, create my own shot, get the shot off faster. So after my freshman year, I was like, they know I'm a shooter. So I'm going to have to find ways to get better. And I just really focused on working on my release and just all these new ways to get threes up. But yeah, I would definitely say you have to put in the work outside of practice. Like you're not gonna become a better shooter by just shooting in practice. Like that comes on your own time. And Gabby, I would also suggest that it's played into your consistency. And I know you don't worry about numbers. I don't think most athletes worry about numbers in the middle of games, but your senior year, you shot nearly 47% from the floor, which you had never reached before in terms of accuracy. Your three-point percentage never gone below 35. You've hovered around 40%, which is solid. Free throw percentage has always stayed in the 80s. So you are quite the sniper. I would probably want to have you on <laughs> those long distance things. So as you noted, repetition goes into it, but it's one thing if you're a volume shooter, it's another to be consistent. And you know, when you're a three point threat, like you are, you're not going to make hundred percent, but you stay with it. So what do you attest to your consistency? I know that's, that is something my coaches have described me as very consistent, but I would just say for me, is I just go into every game, you know, with the same mindset and um, my coach has given me the green light to shoot, you know, and even if I'm missing, I'll keep shooting. But if I do continue to miss a decent amount, I will look. I'm not just a three-point shooter. Like, I can get rebounds. Um, I can post up, um, you know, assists. I can get out assists. So I just really focus on, you know, trying to do all aspects of my game. And if one part of my game is struggling, then I'll try to look to be better in the other aspects. But I really just go into every game, you know, with the same mindset, just – work hard and kind of let the game come to me. I try not to force things, Um, but 
yeah, just if I were if I were shooting bad, I'll focus on rebounds or I'll focus on posting up. But just yeah, just I like I would I I like to know now that I'm more than just a three point shooter, which people probably would have said my freshman year that she's just a three point shooter. And even if you were just a three point shooter, it is one of the most effective shots you can take since that factors into effective field goal percentage. You probably know how that uh, plays out. So it's like, hey. I'll take a three-point shooter any day <laughs> because <laughs> you need them in this era of basketball. Mm-hmm. How far is your range, Gabby? My range? Like, uh, how far can you go on the court? <laughs> I don't know how far back, but I mean, at least a couple steps off. And I'm not sure if this is the year where the three-point line is going to get moved back to the same as the men, college basketball men line. It potentially could be. I don't recall, but... I'm like, that really won't be a huge difference for me because I can shoot it a couple steps back from where it is right now. But we'll see. I don't know. I'm going to work on my range. I just keep on trying to work on that. Gabby, you're right. Even if they move it back, I don't know how much of a difference it makes because I write for junior all-stars. So I do some film reviews of athletes and of course, covering Minnesota high school basketball. I've seen some players with insane range, we're talking beyond the WNBA, NBA lines, or I call it Steph Curry range because, yeah. uh, and I think, you know, you go back to Steph Curry or some of the others that you see, it trickles down. And I think folks understand, hey, having that range is helpful because most defensive schemes aren't designed to extend that far. So if you can knock them down from 25 feet out, <laughs> more power <laughs> to you. But as you said, you're not just a three-point shooter. And I should point out, you did get a career high in rebounds too. So this was quite the senior year for you. You yeah. also noted how academics played a part in your commitment to Bradley. This year, you won the Missouri Valley Conference Scholar Athlete of the Year. What goes into that? And what was your reaction you got a lot of awards for basketball and deservedly so, but now you get one that highlights the type of scholar, the type of student you are, that you go just as hard with your academics as athletics. Sometimes I think we lose sight of that when we're caught up in tournaments and points and records and whether or not you might have a pro career, but scholar athlete of the year for the entire conference, that is a prestigious honor. Yeah, I was really honored to get that award. I remember my coach telling me and I was like, really? Like, wow. And but you know, um, my academics has always been no number one to me. I've always been told you're a student, then you're an athlete. And I've learned this from high school, freshman year, they're always like, you're a student athlete. So if you're not doing well in school, like you're not going to be able to play basketball. So I think I made it a priority I mean, academics has always been big for me. My parents have been really helpful with that and, you know, making sure I do my schoolwork and all that. But by high school, I was like, you know what, I really do need to focus on my grades. And if I want to play college basketball, like I need to have these good grades. Um, it'll only help me get better looks and all that. But yeah, so in college, I was like, you know, I know college is going to be way harder academically than high school. So I just really focused on my time, time management and Freshman year, a little rough. You know, I think everyone goes through that freshman year of college, the adjustments they have to make. And it's really hard. Like It's one of the hardest years ever. But I think I set the tone my freshman year by making sure I did put school first. And, you know, I just kind of grew on that throughout my college experience. And now I'm, I've been in placements. I'm an elementary education major, so I spend a lot of time 
in the schools right now. And it's been a lot, but I just think the experience I've had throughout my college experience with academics and putting it first has really helped me be able to balance basketball and school at the same time. And Gabby's not lying, folks. If you look at her bio on Bradley, she has a lot of academic excellence awards, NBC honor roll and all scholar first team, second team. So that is just wonderful to see. And I have to give you props for finding a way to balance all of that and making it work. And now you're getting honors everywhere and Gabby, I just have to think that trophy case, when you're done, whenever you find a place, you're going to have to find a separate room for all of your scholarly awards, all of your athletic awards. I mean, Miss Basketball, state champion, MVC tournament champion, and you've got the Scholar Athlete of the Year. I mean, where are you going to find room for all of these? I don't know. I, I am really blessed, though, and, you know, it, 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 yeah, it. I, I really have no complaints for my career. It's just been an amazing career. And then when you do get that recognition, it does feel really good. But yeah. So we started with your senior year, which ended with a trip to the NCAA tournament. How do you think this past year will strengthen you and help you prepare for any obstacles, any turbulence you might get in the future? Hopefully we don't get pandemics every year. I don't think we can expect that. But as you said, you had to work through a lot. You had to do a lot of things. No one asked you to in order to continue playing. You were able to meet those challenges and get to a place that Bradley had never been before. So with that experience in mind, how do you think that's going to help you grow moving forward? Yeah, so just... I'd say the biggest thing I've taken from this whole pandemic and basketball is you can't take anything for granted. Basketball to me has always been something that I'm like, I, I never thought they would cancel a tournament because my junior year going, we were about to go to the NBC tournament and then the tournament was canceled. And I just was like, I never would have thought that they could just cancel a tournament. So our season ended in a way that we would have never thought. But like now I'm like, you know what, with the pandemic and everything, I'm like, we can't take anything for granted. You never know when someone's gonna get COVID or you never know um, if you're gonna, this will be your last practice um, injury too. Like you never know. So I just think I've learned that you can't take anything for granted and you have to do, you have to focus on being in the present moment. You gotta focus on giving it your all, leaving everything on the floor. And I just think that mindset will really help me with anything that I do in life, whether it be teaching, playing professional basketball or the strength and conditioning field. So just that mindset, I think will really help me with anything I plan to do in life. Your season ended in the first round of the NCAA tournament. You played against Texas and I don't think you can be too upset. Of course, every team wants to keep going, but the way Texas has played, they just knocked off Maryland to reach the elite eight, one of the highest scoring teams in the country and a potential number one overall pick in Charlie Collier. So even though you probably didn't get the story, but getting you wanted that, I don't know how far you would have advanced. That's not my place. I just watch the games and go along for the ride. But to get that spotlight, to be one of those teams in the final 64, how cool is it? And whether or not you come back next year, how do you think it will 
continue to motivate the Bradley women's basketball team. Yeah, like you said, Texas is a really good team. And, you know, we spent a lot of time scouting them. We were in the bubble for almost a week before we played them. So we had a lot of time to look at film. And I was really excited to play them. You know, this was, you know, it's every, it's kind of every athlete's dream to make the NCAA tournament just because that's the tournament to be in. So to finally be there, I was like, wow, like, this is amazing, especially to be the first team to ever be there. And going into the game, I was really pumped up, ready to play. And, you know, it ended up not going our way, but which was hard. It took me a while to, you know, get over it. But that, on the other side of things, our coach was like, you guys work so hard. Um, you're the first team to ever get here. Like, keep your heads up, you know. Um, and then I just think I'm going to take that feeling and just the feeling of being there. If I plan to play next year, like I'll definitely take those into consideration. Definitely think about that when I'm working out in the summer or preseason and just know that, you know, my goal is to always get to the NCAA tournament. So just finally being there, I think will help me realize like we can get there. Um, that's something that we can do, but I just think the feeling of, being there and then also losing will also help motivate me um, for this upcoming season. Something an old colleague of mine told me, and I've understood this perspective more clearly with time with these tournaments, there's only one team that will get the storybook, the fairy tale ending. Everyone else will feel like they wanted more because like you said, no one wants to lose and mm -hmm. go out <laughs> like that. But that's how it goes. That's the beauty and the beast of single elimination tournaments. But as your coach was saying, and as you seem to recognize, there are certainly accomplishments you can take. It's hard because this is your passion. This is what you wanted to do. You wanted to go division one and you are a part of history. So whatever happens in the future for Bradley, you can say you were a part of that first program to reach the big dance mm -hmm. and I don't think anyone's going to hold it against you once you leave basketball and enter the professional ranks <laughs> and the, the fact that you lost to Texas it's like okay Charlie Collier is a pretty good athlete there she is well and hey and as we've seen I don't think you can scoff at anyone it, whoever wins or loses in these tournaments, because as we've seen, all it takes is one good game and you can go on this crazy run. But I'd say you've done pretty well, all things considered. Uh, it's been, it was a, it was a good season, especially given the circumstances. <laughs> there are a few questions that I'd like to ask all my guests in this podcast series. And I certainly want to give you the opportunity as well, Gabby. So throughout your athletic career, what was your most exciting moment and the most embarrassing moment? Exciting moment. Well, I probably have to go with winning the NBC championship. <laughs> that was amazing feeling, you know, getting the hat, getting the t-shirt and then cutting down the net. It would have been nice to have our fans be able to come down and celebrate with us, but they celebrated with us from the stands. And that, that was probably one of my like favorite Bradley memories. My most embarrassing Bradley memory well, I said athletic, so it could be oh, Bradley, athletic. Elk River, anything. Oh, anything. Hmm. That's hard. I don't know. I'm trying to think. Something embarrassing? 
I'm bound to have plenty of embarrassing moments, but I don't know. That is tough. <laughs> I don't know if I might have to come back to that one. <laughs> I'd like to think that tells me you haven't done anything particularly silly to the point where you were mortified. I know I've had some athletes tell me they fell down the stairs uh, at the bleachers in a game or a former guest told me of the time where she shot the ball and scored to the wrong hoop. So if I you can't, anything like that. <laughs> so I, I'd like to think you haven't had too many scrapes in that area. Then if you can't think of something, it's like, yeah, nothing I mean, and get the ball stuck. On my three oh, oh, first shot in the tournament. I guess that was pretty for me. I was like, oh no, my first shot in the NCAA tournament. I got stuck in the in the rim on a three point from the baseline. So that I guess that was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> you know what that means, Gabby? It's a moment you will never forget. Your yeah, first shot in the tournament, the first shot Bradley ever had, and it's a wedgie. Yep, that's got that. Okay, yeah, that's my number one embarrassing moment. That definitely, I do remember it very vividly. And I was like, I don't think I've ever done that on a three pointer before in a game. So yeah, that's my most embarrassing moment for sure. Then. That being said, Gabby, I have to give you props because it takes a real skill to wedge the ball in the rim. I, we all know that's you can make threes. That's <laughs> how? I don't know what how it got stuck. That is, I don't know that's what happens when round ball beats cylindrical object and the force that goes into it but no that takes a real skill and some real marksmanship gabby i think you should be proud of that okay maybe they don't give you any points for that but you know it's like it, everyone we all know you can make threes that you can get the ball in the hoop now we all know you can wedge it. So if there's ever a challenge where you have to wedge the ball, you have a little practice. <laughs> Actually, no, I don't think you would do that because that would mess up with all of your rhythms and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as far as most exciting, I'm like, yeah, NBC is up there. I'm thinking it would be a toss up between that and your state tournament championship. Oh, oh yeah. Well, if we're talking high school, yeah, those are kind of the same. I was thinking more college, but college definitely NBC, high school definitely state championship. You can't pick one. And you know what? That's all right. There are no wrong answers on this podcast. So another question, you might remember this. Uh, it comes from the Breakdown Guy book. And I love to ask athletes of this because there's always a fun story attached to it. What is the most unusual thing about yourself that people wouldn't know necessarily if they met you for the first time? Something unusual? I don't know. I'm kind of like not OCD, but I have, I've, like everything needs to be like organized for me and I kind of need to follow a schedule. I don't know if maybe you wouldn't be able to tell that for meeting me, but I have like a, a particular way I need to do stuff. Otherwise I kind of get a little anxious about it, but. That's probably why the wedgie made you so nervous at the tournament <laughs> because it didn't follow any of the routines you would plan. <laughs> Yeah. That wedgie had to mess it all up, but uh, yeah, really, I, I, yeah, I really was shocked at that. I was just like, "What?" <laughs> but it happened, and had to move on from it. Well, and you finished with 16 points, eight assists, and so even though you maybe weren't as hot in the three-point line, I, I'd like to think that you recovered to <laughs> be productive in some way. <laughs> with everything you have experienced, Gabby, being a part of making history and changing history at Elk River, being part of the first team to reach the state tournament and win a state tournament title at Bradley, 
being a part of the first team to reach the NCAA tournament. So you have accomplished a lot of firsts in your athletic career. And you've also accomplished a lot as a scholar, as a student, as all of the awards would display or reveal. Mm -hmm. So with everything you have experienced at this point, what would you tell a younger version of yourself? I would just say, um, keep working hard no matter what. Don't pay attention to what everyone's saying or like telling you or like telling you you're not like division one or like don't like let people tell you what your dreams are. Like always follow your dreams. Just work hard and that's really all you can do. And you said you were studying elementary education at Bradley. Mm -hmm. So whenever you're done with basketball, I'm not sure what your plans are after college. It sounds like education is going to be an integral part of your identity moving forward. So what are your plans and how do you hope to influence the next generation? Because I imagine at Elk River, you got those traveling kids who looked up to you and at Bradley in your community and elsewhere for folks like myself who follow Minnesota athletes as they move on to college, they're going to remember your name look to you as an example of someone who could do it all in sports and in studies. So what are your future plans and how do you think that will help mold the next generation of athletes and leaders? So I have a couple different options for my plan after I'm done with college, but I'm looking to either play professional basketball, um, become a strength and conditioning coach or get into the elementary education field. I'm not sure yet. I'm going to see where life takes me, but when I'm done with basketball, it will either be elementary or strength and conditioning. But I guess, yeah, just my advice or for other people is just, yeah, like just work hard for what you want to do and like don't let anyone tell you what you can and can't do. Like that's probably one of the worst feelings is when people just tell you like, no, you can't do that. But like you can really do anything that you put your mind to and, you know, just focus on what you want. And, you know, just I think one thing for me, too, is just my family. They always supported me and um, let me always believed in me, always supported me in anything that I chose to do. And we're from a very strong Christian household. So, you know, just having my faith with God and everything throughout my athletic career and just, you know, thankful for everything, like all the opportunities he's given to me. So I would say my family, too, has really helped me with everything that I've gotten here, too. Mm -hmm. Gabby, it wouldn't surprise me after you're done with basketball, especially if there's an opening at Loyola, if Abby reaches out to you and says, hey, have you thought about coming over to... <laughs> we, we, we could use you as a strength and conditioning coach. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens, of course. But how exciting is it to be a part of that legacy? You and Abby helping put Elk River on the map and helping prove to all of us that the kids up there can play basketball too. And then here you are at this school out in Peoria, Illinois. You're not the first city we think of necessarily or doesn't come to our minds when in terms of basketball, you know, we're thinking of Northwestern or Illinois the big one in Champaign and all of that. Yeah. How crazy for you, because I know going in, you weren't thinking about 
turning into a star or you just wanted to continue playing the sport you love, but you have accomplished a lot along the way. How crazy is it to see your name next to all of these awards and distinctions? Yeah, I'm really honored to, you know, there, there have been some really big awards and, you know, I am really honored to get those. And I just am thankful for all the people who've helped me get here because I can't do this alone. Like this isn't just me. Um, I've had so many people who have helped shape me into the person I am. And, you know, thankful for God for giving me all these opportunities and placing me at Bradley. Um, but yeah, I, like those awards don't come from just me. It comes from my team, my coaches, my family, my past coaches, and a lot of different people. But it is such an honor to receive that recognition. Absolutely. I do have to issue one correction because I think I got your head coaches mixed up from high school. I think I ended up fusing the two. I said, Reed Giovanni. I'm like, no, oh. there was Reed Cowett and Jeremy. So yes. I just turned, I just you know, merged them into one and I just hope they don't hold it against me. End of this. A couple of things I want to leave you with Gabby. Elk River making it back to the state tournament. I don't know how much contact you keep with them, but what do you make of what they've been able to do? Of course, we'll never forget the state tournament run that you made for Elk River, but now here they are back in the high school version of the big dance four years later. I don't know what's going to happen, but you know, here's this school that knew they were going to have to rebuild a bit, but I imagine a lot of the kids who are there now saw what you did and now they get a chance to take part in the opportunity you once had. How do you think your success has trickled down to the younger athletes in the Elk River area? Yeah, no, I'm really proud of them. You know, it's a, it's a big deal to go to state and just the season they've had given the COVID circumstances. Any, for the success of everyone during this pandemic, it just means a little extra more just because of everything everyone's had to go through. So I'm really proud of them. You know, I know they worked really hard for this. And I think with our past experience at Elk River, they can look at that and see how amazing it was and the experience. And they were probably maybe middle school, I think, when we won that. And they probably saw that and were like, wow, like I hope one day you know, we can do the same thing. So I think they can either use those experiences from when they were younger or just looking back in history and be like, we want to be, you know, the next team to do that. Like, you know, we, we want to make history at Brad, I mean, history at Elk River too. So, you know, I I think they'll definitely use that as motivation. And, you know, Coach D, D. Giovanni, he has that history and he's probably talking to the girls about, you know, that team and like the feeling and just probably trying to get them pumped up in any way possible. But I think they'll definitely look at that team and be like, we want to do that too. So they'll definitely use that as motivation. Um, I'm really excited for them. I think their game is today. So I, I know it looks different than your normal um, high school basketball tournament, but it's still the state tournament. So even though it looks different, it's still the state tournament. So I'm excited for them. Hey, if any of them want to go to Bradley, I'm sure they've got you on speed Dell, right? Uh, they might, yeah, there, I hope, yeah. <laughs> like I said, Minnesota kids are now starting to follow you with T.T. Danzo, so mm -hmm. you never know. There could be another Bradley yeah. commit. Absolutely. Obviously, I can't weasel that out of you, but uh, like I said, if any of them are talking to you about it, we might find out later, <laughs> but that would be kind of cool, obviously, wherever they end up. 
I'm mm -hmm. sure they will do well. Yeah. This might sound crazy, Gabby, considering all that we've talked about, but is there anything else about your story that you would like to add? Anything about my story? You did cover the majority of my basketball career, so I don't really know if there's anything else. But I did compare when I was talking to someone, I did compare my high school experience to Bradley in the fact that we started 500-ish winning. And that's kind of how I started my Bradley career and how eventually we just, we just kept going up. Ended my high school season with a championship, ended, well, potentially I still have a fifth year, um, but ended that with a championship. So I was just kind of, I was talking to someone about this in an interview and I was like, I compared my high school career to my college career, which I know you kind of alluded to earlier, but yeah, so I, th I think that's just kind of crazy, but yeah, it's been, it's been a long time since high school. So it's kind of nice to just go back and, you know, think about that and how much I've changed as a player and my experiences in high school. I haven't talked about this in a long time. Well, Gabby, I'd like to think that you uh, probably made a few three-pointers in high school as well, even though the stats are a little harder to keep track of, that mm -hmm. you made a run at some of the Elks three-point records. Mm -hmm. I do wonder what might have been if you had taken up hockey, though. You were thinking about it. <laughs> I did think about it. Um, I don't know. It would be a total, my life would be completely different. Totally different. It's kind of crazy. Just how one decision can make the most difference. You know what? I think you would have ended up in the NWHL. <laughs> With how talented you are as an athlete, you would have found a way. To... <laughs> that was my guess. And I do know several athletes who have gone professional in the overseas circuit. Maybe a WNBA slot. I don't know. I'm not a scout. But you know, I certainly wouldn't put that out of reach for you. I would like to see you and not... Obviously, outside of what you're doing for basketball, but it's like, I wonder how Gabby would manage herself on the football field since you enjoy contact. I don't know. I've just, I've never really played it, but if, I think I would love it if I were to ever try it. Well, if you like contact, I think you'd fit right in to yeah, that sport. But I think it's important too when you said, Hey, I took up basketball because I'm not afraid of contact. And how I think it's something we should normalize. And I certainly believe we have that women like yourself aren't afraid to bang it up, aren't afraid to get a scratch or two, you know, you're not afraid. So I'm sure those N ones getting the layups through contact are just as ecstatic as those three pointers. And like, yeah, you can do it all look good doing it. Like you don't have to fit in any one particular mold. Like you said earlier, I'm not just a three point shooter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I do enjoy this trip down memory lane. Yeah, me I meet athletes like yourself through my high school coverage, but what excites me the most is getting to see how they continue that journey, that story in the college ranks and beyond. I had a former basketball athlete who is now a professional track and field athlete from Hopkins. And I get to hear about all the names that do big things in the tournament. So I've been watching a lot of UConn and Gonzaga because I covered Paige Beckers and Jalen Suggs. And I don't know what will happen in the women's final four, but you were telling me Paige was something special when you had to go against her. So I'm guessing you're not too surprised that 
She was Big East freshman of the year, a co-player of the year from the WBCA with Caitlin Clark. I guess that doesn't surprise me either because like, how, how can you argue between those two, one over the other? As a basketball fan, like you, you really can't. <laughs> like, yeah, Paige, like, she's just an amazing player and I know her future is so bright. So like, just being able to play her in high school, I was like, wow, like, I know her future is so bright and she's proved that at UConn. Um, a lot of accolades, a lot of records, and just the way she stepped up in the game last night, I was like, you know, like I wasn't, I was, I would expect nothing less. I'm like, I know she comes out in big games and, you know, I am really excited to watch the um, upcoming games and yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for her and it's just amazing her career and her skills and her leadership as a freshman. So it's just, it's amazing. Well, if you ever get the chance to face her again, provided you return for a fifth year at Bradley, you'll be ready for her, right? You'll pull up some, uh, pull up some things from the playbook. Try my best. Yes. <laughs> well, you kind of have some other talented athletes too. And well, there's plenty of talent all around. And I guess I'll close with a first timer. Last night, we had a pair of first timers in the Elite Eight, which means one of them would get to be in their first Final Four, and that was Arizona. I don't know if a final four is in your future. I'm not that good at proclamations, Gabby, but that would be cool. Hey, nope, be so nope. cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And if you return, you have something to strive for because Bradley still has to pick up that first NCAA tournament win. So every year there's another school that adds another first to their resume. And there's no reason to think that Bradley can't do it again. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, Gabby, I appreciate the time and it is a lot of fun taking this trip mm -hmm. down memory lane, revisiting some of your high points in basketball. And I will say it was fun to see Elk River. I don't get to cover them as often because I live in the Twin Cities area and there's a bit of a commute, but it's always cool when you get to see schools that aren't always talked about, do well, make a name for themselves and put all of the pieces together elk river certainly belongs in that category and i go back to what your coaches were telling you when you were being recruited at bradley and how they told you we have no banners when they asked you you notice anything mm -hmm. now they have at least one yes for basketball i should say they will have mm -hmm. at least one and hopefully that one becomes many more but this was a lot of fun, Gabby, and I'm certainly glad we got to reconnect. And I can't wait to see what your future holds, whether it's at Bradley and education in the professional sports world, anything. I have a feeling no matter what comes your way, you will find a way to succeed. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's been fun. Yeah, definitely fun talking about all the, the Elk River stuff and then my early career. It's been a while since I've talked about all that, so it was really fun. Well, that's why we do this podcast series so we can save all this history for all those Elk River fans and others who might be wondering, what is Gabby Hawk up to? So thanks again, Gabby. And if you come back for a fifth season, then I will certainly cheer you on. Mm -hmm. That's my problem as a basketball fan. I cheer for everybody. <laughs> it's a good problem to have, but I will certainly cheer you on to return to the NCAA tournament. And no matter what, it's cool to see that you're continuing to make history no matter where you go. Thank you. 
Gabby Hawk of Bradley Women's Basketball. No matter what happens, the all-time leader in three-point field goals and the 2020-2021 MBC Scholar Athlete of the Year, just to name a few of the many accolades she has achieved in this early stage of her career. And if you want to be a guest for a future episode of this series, just hit us up on social media at the Mike Beaton on Twitter or Instagram. All you need is a good story and we're happy to share it. So until next time, thanks for watching. If you'd like to support TSB television programming, check us out on Patreon, PayPal, or Cash App. And thanks for watching Mike Up Sports.